Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and I'm joined today by my handsome husband, Dewey. Hello, Dewey. Hello, my beautiful wife, and hello to all the cat fans out there in this great big world. We're here today to give you some resources to help make living with your cat much, much easier. Tell them about it, Molly. (laughs) Well, today I wanted to talk about punishing your cat. This comes up in almost every behavior consult that I have, and it's one of the questions, actually, that I have on the on the initial consult form. I ask people, what have you done to try to correct the behavior, and, um, you know, give them a variety of choices of answers of there, and, you know, was that effective, and is it helping, and, and that kind of thing. So, today, I thought it would be really helpful. This is a topic we haven't really devoted a, an episode on, so we're going to talk about punishment methods, things that are effective, and things that are not. Interesting that we, we talk about that because, you know, I've always thought that, you know, cats, like most people, are just docile animals, and they just uh, do their own thing, and, you know, they don't punish because you can't catch them. <laughs> so let's, <laughs> let's talk about when and why you would punish a cat, and even if it's appropriate to enforce punishment of one kind of cat versus another. Well, no, it's not. I do not think that it's appropriate to punish your cat at all. I agree. Okay, then show over. Don't do it. <laughs> Just don't do it. <laughs> Just don't do it. And, and all, everything will be great. I thought, okay, I thought you might say that. that. So, you know, <laughs> let's talk about the why then. Why do you not punish your cat? Because they do a lot of bad things, scratching, peeing, pooping, you know, aggression, all kinds of things. And so our first reaction is for us to do just like we do with our kids, punish that animal. So why do we do it or not do it? Did you punish your kids? Uh, yeah, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> they were eff- punished. <laughs> and, and was it effective? I don't know. Don't I think so. <laughs> you know, and today, today I can say that my kids are in, in a good spot and uh, living their life. So, I, yes, uh, you know, they're not in jail and not, uh, you know, doing anything that's bad. And they both, they're, all three of them are living great lives. Yeah, but, you know, at the time, think about it. If your kids are sneaking into the liquor cabinet and drinking your vodka and replacing <laughs> it with water and yeah, you catch did. it, like I know, like the story you told me because you kept your vodka in the freezer and, of course, then when it's, you know, when it started freezing solid, you realized it wasn't vodka anymore. <laughs> I was so, going to take the bottle back and go, what the hell is going on with this <laughs> bottle of vodka? <laughs> and so when that happens and you punished your kids, you know, whether you grounded them or you did whatever, did that make them stop drinking and stop sneaking your alcohol? No. Well, 
yeah, but no, you know, they they knew no, I could catch them then. So <laughs> right, it didn't. What it did was it it made them do it when you're not home, and and to figure out a way to do it that you wouldn't discover. And it's the same thing with cats when they know that the punishment is coming from you. They relate it to you. And then this stuff happens when you're not at home. And even things like that cool little spray can, I have a link to that on the resource page of the site under the deterrence. And it's a motion-activated compressed air can. It's kind of cool. Cat walks in front of it and it goes and sprays the cat with air. Perfectly safe. Scares the crap out of the cat. And the cat tends not to ever walk in front of that can again. But we find that they figure it out really quick and then they tend to walk behind the can or they'll paw the can and knock it over. They, they find ways around it. They're really smart little guys. And you got to remember all those things that you listed off a minute ago, peeing, pooping, aggression, those are all natural behaviors to the species. So it's, it's hard to tell somebody something, some species, to stop doing what comes natural to it, you know, you, and, and you can't just cut off access to a cat because it'll magnify the behavior problems. You have to tell a cat this, not that. You've got to tell it what you want it to do instead of what it's doing that you, that you don't like. It's not stop doing that, it's start doing this. So I think that we have to have a a shift in thinking in ourselves to be a little more strategic and creative and clever about redirecting cats' unwanted behaviors. You can't just say no. You have to say, I want you to start doing this instead. Really, positive reinforcement is the only way to go because if, if stress is the key role in the behavior, which oftentimes it is, punishment's only going to compound the issue. So, so what about if you, if you catch them in the middle of an act of doing something, like scratching the sofa, which is a big one. People walk in and see the cat scratching on the sofa. What do you do? Yeah, it's hard not to go, stop, oh, my God, stop it, that's our new Zoba, what are you doing, and run over <laughs> there, <laughs> but you, you can't do that, you have to, uh, you do have to stop and, and interrupt the behavior, and then you have to show the cat what you want it to do, so, you know, the best thing there is to put a um, a scratching post, and by the way, most people's scratching posts are way too tiny. They got to be the full length of the cat as the cat stands up on its back legs and reaches up and stretches. So that's usually about 40 inches. So you got to get you one of those big, tall, you know, sturdy cat scratching posts and put it next to that couch that the cat is scratching on and rub some um, catnip on it. <clears throat> Excuse me, or maybe use the feel away scratch attract and put that up the scratching post to attract the cat to the post to use it. So you have to say this post, not the couch. And you can put deterrence on the couch to keep it from clawing there. Again, on the resource product page on my site, I have links to 
this very cool carpet runner material that has spikes on the back. It's kind of clear, thin, and you can cut that out and you can use upholstery screws to attach that to the sofa so that the cats get spiky things on their feet and not soft stuff. So you can deter it, but you can't just deter it. You have to show it what you want it to do instead. Otherwise, it's just going to go to the other side of the sofa. Now, the other thing that happens is scratching typically happens in multi-cat households. Why? Because it's a territorial gesture. They use scratching as a scent marker. There are scent glands between their toes and as a visual marker to other cats to say, this is my territory. This is my thing. This is my favorite thing here that I'm scratching on. And so... It's important to know why your cat is scratching where it's scratching. A lot of people put their scratching posts kind of hidden off in a place because, you know, let's be honest, they're not exactly a, a real visually attractive decor item to have in the middle of your home. But your cat is probably scratching that sofa or that dining room chair because of where it's located. It's probably facing a door or a window or someplace that it sees cats outside or thinks there's cats outside and it's scratching there to say I've got to leave a marker in this place. So the first thing you got to do is stop them, you know, from doing it, interrupt it, but but in a in a useful way and show it what you want it to do instead. So the stopping and interrupting part <laughs> is what we're really trying to dive into in this segment. So you know, is it effective to use something like squirting it with a water and going, hey, stop, here's a water bottle, squirt, squirt? <laughs> you know, I used to think so. I used to think that squirting a cat with a water bottle was, was the thing to do because you certainly, you know, don't want to do anything else. So you, I used to have a water bottle and, it, and I wrote on the front and, and marker, Tabasco, no, in this cute little picture of a cat. <laughs> and, and I would use it when Tabasco would be walking across my keyboard in the middle of like the most hectic busy day of all. And, um, and I'd be like, get down. And uh, he got to where he would just turn and look at me and squint so that no water got in his eyes. And he was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, girl. Go ahead. If you Make like my it, day. you do it, right? <laughs> it was ineffective. And mm. it's really ineffective. Um, because uh, they relate that squirting. He knew it came from me. And so he related that squirting to me and it made him stop, you know, made him to start avoiding me. And, and I didn't want to have that in my relationship with Tabasco. So I had to find, you know, better ways to get him off the keyboard. Now you gotta be, you gotta be careful as well as clever. So I, um, you know, I don't want to pick up a wand toy and start playing with him while he's walking across my keyboard because then he's going to type more weird stuff. And he's also going to begin to associate, oh, I can get a pray play session out of her if I just walk across her keyboard. So the other thing you got to remember is that cats think they're training us. So you have to be a little careful in, you know, that they they're going to start positively associating their bad behavior to something good if you reward them. So be careful you're not rewarding the bad behavior. So here would be an ideal situation. If you had a remote control recording of shaking a, a bag of treats that you could set off in the other room, we need to make an app for this, honey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, 
like, you know, a speaker in the other room that would go shake, shake, shake and a bag of treats. That would be a great way to distract him. He'd hear that. He'd run in the other room and go, where are those treats? Where are those treats? And he wouldn't associate me with any of it because it would be a, a remote and something not associated with me interrupting it. And it and it and it does depend on, you know, what um, what it is that they're that they're doing. Obviously, if he's standing on my keyboard, it's not the end of the world. If it's biting my leg, well, then that's a little more serious. You know, you you've got to get their attention. So so no squirt bottles. He's just going to associate it with you and uh, and and avoid you, and you don't want that. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, that's kind of a physical contact. So let's talk about what that means and your thoughts of physical contact, spanking, slapping, noise, bopping, booping, and whooping. <laughs> you know. No, you mean, whatever, you mean nose booping? Yeah, whatever it is and that that would just detract from what they're doing and whatever the person wants to feel like uh, their punishment is. So, what do you? What's your yeah. thoughts to that? Well, I think physical punishment um, is a is a bad idea. It, it you know it not only can it cause injury to the cat, especially nose booping. A lot of people say just boop the cat on the nose, which means you know take your finger and tap it on the nose. Well, that can actually injure a cat's ability to smell, which can be very dangerous for them because they they eat by smelling their food and they lose their appetite if they lose their smell. All kinds of things can go wrong. Um, The other thing is that, you know, if you spank your cat or slap your cat, you're hurting it. And pain triggers an aggressive response in most species. And so likely, if you're spanking your cat, you're getting a swat in return. And, you know, they're going to turn around and swat you, which is going to make you more mad at them. And they become afraid of you when you deliver physical punishment. They'll begin to associate your hands with pain and punishment. I think a lot of us probably have, not me, I don't, I'm not insinuating this for me, but a lot of people have that same reaction and feeling towards maybe their fathers, you know, <laughs> they, they don't see their father's hands and think, oh, loving hugs and, you know, hand holding, they think, you know, pain and punishment, which is not a healthy association and something you do not want your cat to think of when it sees your hands. So, no, physical punishment needs to stop. Positive reinforcement of when they're doing things right is what you want to be focusing on and thinking about. So, how about, uh, you know, if it's not physical, then it's back to what I was saying a minute ago. It's the noisy... Uh, something where you slap the table or you yell at them or you clap your hands or you throw something somewhere to distract them. So tell us about what that is. If we're not going to be physical, but we're still aggressively upset that this animal is tearing something up or doing something we don't like, you know, we do the opposite end, you know, start yelling. What is that? Look like yeah, you. that's 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 the most common uh, that I hear from people is that they yell at at their cats and uh, they tell them stop, you know, and 
and that kind of thing. Or they clap their hands really loud. That was a common one in dog training, which I think is blood over into to cat training. And then some trainers recommend putting like a couple pennies in an empty Coke can and taping the top and then you shake them and it makes a, a real loud noise. The problem is the cat, when it hears a loud noise, it turns around and looks at the source of the noise, which is you. And you've just scared the heck out of it. So what you've done is you've paired a fear emotion with you. And if you keep repeatedly doing that, you're going to erode your bond with your cat. You can't continue to have the cat look at you and feel fear, and then you expect it to come cuddle in your lap an hour later. It's going, that fear is a much more intense emotion and has much more weight than the feelings of affection the cat has for you. So again, anything that comes from you is going to be associated with fear or pain and and begin to degrade the relationship that and trust that the cat has with you. Okay. So now let's go into recommendations then. If you if you're not recommending that we do all the things that are so natural to us as as parents and humans, then what do you recommend that we should do when we see this, because it's really something that you got to think about and practice because most of the time you walk in on uh, your cat and he's doing something wrong and it's sort of that, oh my God, look what he's doing. So you got to kind of think about that. So what do you recommend that we swap for the physical and the yelling and all that? Um, it depends on the behavior, but if it's something like counter surfing, a lot of people really don't want their cats up on their kitchen counters or dining room tables. Of course, I always think get a big dog then, but because <laughs> cats <laughs> like to be on high places. So if your cat is counter surfing and you don't want them to, there is what I mentioned earlier. There's a product called SCAT. It's S-S-S-C-A-T. And it is a can of air that has a uh, motion detector on it. And when the cat walks in front of the can, it goes and squirts a, a blast of air at the cat. So you could set that if you know where your cat's getting up on the counter, you can set that can of air um, right there on that spot. You can set it in a doorway if there's a particular room you don't want the cat to go into. And and then this, you know, burst of air that releases noise and a, you know, and a sensation that startles them isn't coming from you because it's remote control triggered. There's also things called scat mats. Now, I'm not talking about the shock mats, but there are scat mats that when the cat steps on the mat, it emits this super high-pitched noise, like and most cats will get their paws off of it because it's real annoying. We have had one that was trying to break into the foster room, and won't be going named, (laughs) and was just standing on that mat, and we were all going, what is that noise? What is that noise? It was like, went on forever and ever so there there have been instances where cats not phased by it but very few yeah that was that that was wild just to have it was wild to see that happen (laughs) (laughs) i mean funny it was deterring it it didn't (laughs) right 
but it usually works on counters. Like if the cat jumps up on the counter and then as soon as its feet land, it makes that noise, it'll jump back down again. Because at first it'll try walking away and then it's still walking on the mat and it'll jump down. It's really good to put on sofas or chairs that you don't, you know, maybe you have a favorite chair you don't want a bunch of cat hair in, so you put the scat mat on there. But just be careful because I had a scat mat, I had a black couch and the scat mats are black and I had the scat mat on the couch and my parents came over <laughs> and I forgot it was there and and uh, Dad Bob went to sit down on the couch and, <laughs> and it made and I just about <laughs> gave him a heart attack. <laughs> Man, oh, he came no. bouncing back up off that couch and like a flash it was uh it was funny but it wasn't (laughs) so um scat mats are great um if they're scratching like i said on your couches or something you can get the carpet runners with the points put the point sides out you know uh, poke the holes in the corners and use upholstery screws to cover the areas where the cats are scratching If you have outside cats, outside cats can wreak havoc on your household. So if you have outside cats that are causing, you know, maybe territorial urine spraying or maybe aggression between your cat and other cats, you can use things like a scarecrow sprinkler, which is also a remote controlled, you know, sprinkler type system. And when the cat walks in front of it, sprinkler goes off. Um, There are also some other humane deterrents for outside cats like you can use your coffee grounds used coffee grounds you can use vinegar in you know big metal vats like like the roasting pans you cook turkeys in put vinegar in that and stick them in the areas where the cats are crossing into your yard you can use citrus cats hate citrus you can also block your windows from the inside there's some really nice film it's just a, a tasteful frosted film that you can, you know, stick on. It, it, you spray it with water and you stick it on and, and then pull it off when you're done using it. But it, it covers your windows, still lets light through, but it blocks the view of the outside cats. Um, if you've got aggression between cats, a really good one, there's a remote control sound maker that's like a like an alarm like like a house security alarm and and you set it across the room so it's not near you and you keep the remote control and when the cats start fighting you push the and then it'll startle the cats and distract them that'll stop it then your next step is to distract them with something else of course um You can throw like a wadded up piece of paper in their direction. Um, You know, that that also, as long as they don't see that coming from you, and usually if they're in the middle of fighting, they won't. So if you, you know, throw something not at them directly, but right shy of them or just on the other side of them, that will also get their attention. But again, we're at that interrupting the behavior point. But then you've got to show them this. you got to say, not that, but this. So the this has to be defined. Interesting. So you, you talk about that in your formula, the this instead of that. So give us some examples what, a, what this is instead of that. So if that is scratching up the, the couch, it's things like, like I said, scratching posts, 
Um, if it's counter surfing, it might be really tall cat trees because cats like to be in the highest spot in the room. And a lot of times that's your counter or the top of your cabinets. And so build your cat shelves that, uh, you know, it can climb up from little short shelf to short shelf and maybe a little highway around the top of the room, tall cat trees that maybe lead up to that highway. You know, give your cat really tall spaces to explore. And and so if you put like the scat mats on the counter, you've got to replace it with this, which is another tall space the cat can get to. The other thing is when you when you get scratching posts and cat trees, don't hide them in the corner. They don't have to be right smack in the middle of the living room, but they need to be where the family lives and spends time. And the other good thing, rule of thumb is, let that cat tree be the cat's home base. So when that cat goes up in the tree, nobody pets it. That needs to be the rule in the house, especially if you have kids. Say, do not touch the cat when he's on home base in his tree. And that way that cat knows this is my safe spot and he's free to go there whenever he wants and no one will interact with him. Um, Things like, you know, if it's aggression, a lot of times cats are suffering from pent-up energy because they're not getting to hunt, which is natural behavior. They spend like six hours a day hunting. So when we keep them inside, they're going to just naturally have a lot of pent-up energy. And, you know, and or if they're seeing cats outside and they're just ramped up and they're attacking each other, you've got to redirect that energy. So daily prey play sessions, which is the interactive wand playing sessions with the cats, help to burn off some of that excess energy. Um, You know, they get bored. They get bored to tears. So leave music on, leave TV on, do as many things as you can to entertain and mentally engage that cat. Clicker training is an excellent thing to do with cats, especially if they're having aggression energy. If it's the litter box, the this becomes an attractive box. So if that is peeing on the carpet, then this needs to be a better box. So take a look at your litter box and is it set up in a way that cats find attractive? Is it big enough? Is it uncovered? Do you have enough of them? Is it in the right location? Does it have the right litter in it at the right depth? We have other podcasts that go way into into detail about how to create the right litter box. But if if your cat's not using the litter box, that's the place to start is making the litter box more attractive. So, okay. So if we're not supposed to yell, hit, or squirt with water, uh, the cat, what is the right response to the bad behavior? Well, the right response is ignoring it. And (laughs) it might be impossible (laughs) if it's biting you. (laughs) Well, ignoring it meaning don't punish it. But yes, the right response to bad behavior is always ignoring it. Because lots and lots and lots of times what the cat is really doing is trying to get your attention. And they're really good at learning 
what gets your attention. You got to think of them like two-year-olds in the restaurant where mom's out having lunch with all her girlfriends and the two-year-old's in the high chair, nobody's paying attention, and it starts throwing stuff and screaming and yelling because it gets mom's attention. They don't care at that point if it's bad attention they're getting from you. They're getting attention, and that's what they're after. So you've got to be really careful. I had a case here recently where a new cat comes into a three-cat household, and there's some jockeying for space, and the young cat was really wanting human attention. And so every time it would pick on this particular cat, which was the human's favorite cat, then the human would go pick up the kitten and move it to another room, interfere in some way, and the kitten learned, aha, I can get her attention if I pick on her favorite cat. And so that cat had that human trained really quickly to respond in a way that it wanted. So the first thing you do in a situation like that is you stop responding. And we got to figure out why the behavior is happening and figure out what the this, not that, is. we got to define the this that is going to give that kitten the proper outlet for its energy other than the other cat. So ignoring it is really what you're supposed to do. Now I understand if it's biting you, you know, it's hard not to yell out in pain, but then, you know, remove yourself from the situation and figure out what caused that to begin with and let's address that problem. But hitting the cat, yelling at the cat, it's just going to make the situation worse because it creates more anxiety. You know, that cat's already feeling anxiety. And so your reaction is just ramping up the anxiety in the situation. So it's, it's really ineffective. So what do you do if the cat's biting? <clears throat> well, like if you're, a lot of times I hear people are sitting and they're petting their cat and they say, all of a sudden, the cat just bit me. So what you need to do is stand up, let the cat safely drop to the floor, walk away because it needs to understand that biting you doesn't get your attention and that you're not reinforcing that biting behavior. Now, it's important that you step back and figure out why that cat bit you. If you're petting that cat kind of heavily, head to tail, head to tail, head to tail, head to tail, I mean... After about five times, that cat's going to turn around and bite you because it doesn't want to be manhandled like that. It wants to sit near you, share your warmth, purr, be in your proximity. It may not like you touching it as much as you're touching it. So interact with your cat physically on its terms. Do what it likes, not what you like. So if it only likes to be scratched up under its chin and around its ears, stay there. Don't do that thing that's causing it to bite you. But definitely, you know, get up and remove yourself, especially with kittens. Kittens bite you to get your attention. So it's real important that you ignore that behavior. And they learn quickly that biting is not going to get them what they want. So what about a cat that's peeing on the floor right in front of you? <laughs> it's not biting you, but it's <laughs> definitely doing something right in front of you that you're going, now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's important that you let it finish because 
if you don't let it finish peeing and, you know, you try to interrupt it, all it's going to do is do it when you're not there or it's going to find better hiding spots where you can't see it to pee and it might take you longer to figure out what's going on. So be sure to let it finish um, and, and then call me and let's figure out what's going on because if they're doing it right in front of you, it's usually a there's some, you know, maybe it's feeling pain from a urinary tract infection or something that's going on that's painful when it's using its litter box. But when a cat pees right in front of you, it's trying to get your attention to say something, you know, I need, I need help in some way or another. I need you to scoop the litter box, damn it, or <laughs> I'm hurting and I need you to take me to the vet. Mm-hmm. You- Interesting. So okay, that cat's so what trying are trying to get my stuff, so I'm marking it. Oh, go, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I was going to ask. So you know that takes care of of that, but what about two cats that are fighting right in front of you? Um, well, you you've got to distract that quickly. You don't want them to cause injury to one another. Um, so noise, like I said, the remote control noisemaker throwing something near to the proximity of where they're fighting. Um, and then if they continue to go at each other, you know, get a cardboard sheet of cardboard, put it between them, separate them safely as quick as you can, separate them in separate rooms, figure out what's going on between them. Why? Is this something they do all the time? Is this something that started suddenly? What triggered it? What's happening right before? Is it around feeding time? Is it, you know, there's a lot of aggression is very, very complicated. So it's impossible for me to define the this when we don't really know why that's going on. But typically it does come back to a reintroduction between the cats, a slow reintroduction with, again, lots of positive reinforcement for when those two cats are together and acting appropriate around one another. So um, you talked about this earlier, and I wanted to bring it back up and mention it. What about counter surfing? Cats up on the counter, you don't want it to be up there. It's Thanksgiving time, you're trying to cook stuff, and Mm -hmm. you're going, oh, my God, get off the counter, you. What do you do? I let Tabasco surf. I have his water up on the counter right next to the kitchen sink because it's important that I wash that water bowl every day, more than once a day usually, and give him fresh water. So I actually encourage him to be up on the counter. Now, he's 15, and over the years, he's learned that when we're preparing dinner, it's not the appropriate time to get up there. Sometimes he'll get up while we're preparing dinner, and I'll look at him, and he'll go, I'm just getting water, Mom. I'm not. I'm not coming over near the turkey. I'm. I'm just over here getting my water. And then he watches me real closely. And if I leave the room, he'll go eat the turkey. <laughs> so, and so, you got to give your cat real <laughs> tall vertical spaces. So put a cat tree. That's a common thing. Put a cat tree in your kitchen, right next to where he's getting up on the counter, and clicker train him to the cat tree on command. So if you go tree, he goes over to the cat tree. Teach him to stay. Again, all positive reinforcement, tree, stay. And he get, knows that he gets a treat for staying there rather than being in the middle of your business. So that's what I would do with that. 
I can just hear the 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 brakes being put on as people are listening to this podcast and going. She just said, "Put a cat in the kitchen." No way! She has just gone over the cliff with this deal. <laughs> but I think the point really is more about find something that is this instead of that, and. Uh, right. You know, if it takes uh, putting the cat tree in there in the beginning and maybe slightly moving it, uh, you know, inching it out every day out of the kitchen into something else. But uh, please, listeners, don't fall off the cliff on that one. Just uh, figure <laughs> out a different this than that is the point that I believe Molly is making. And so, Molly, what another great episode. As usual, you have inspiring and great information for everyone out there. So talk to us. Tell us about why you do this. Well, I do it because Cat Talk Radio is an outreach program of Cat Behavior Solutions, which is my nonprofit, and uh, we're dedicated to reducing cat surrender to shelters in particular by correcting and preventing problems in the home, which is why I thought this issue of, you know, correction, punishment was so important to address so that people aren't compounding the problems that they already have. So we heard from a listener this week, um, and uh, would you like to talk a little bit about that and what you uh, what what was transpiring with our listener? Yeah, I always always encourage everybody to send an email to Molly at cattalkradio.com, and one of our listeners, Liza L sent us an email and uh, thanking us for the show. And thank you, Liza, for listening and, and being such a faithful follower of Cat Talk Radio. And uh, Liza has an interesting situation going on. She has a recently adopted five-month-old kitten that decided it would poop in the dining room. And she was saying that what she had done was added a litter box to the dining room and then the kitten started using the litter box and then her nine-year-old daughter pointed out hey mom we might not want to have a litter box in the dining room are you sure that wasn't a mistake and so she (laughs) kind of like the tree in the kitchen there (laughs) tree in the kitchen it's kind of like that except smelly and so uh so we're we're working through those problems you know first we have to figure out why the cat uh, was pooping outside the litter box in the first place Uh, pooping outside a litter box is really uncommon and usually has to do with constipation or some sort of intestinal discomfort so first thing we're doing with Liza is getting the cat on a on a better diet more hydration to see if uh, if that takes care of it and then we'll start moving that box little by little out of that room um, to make sure that, that that's the issue. So, Liza, thank you. Thank you for reaching out and um, saying hello and introducing yourself and um, enjoying working with you on that problem. Absolutely, and I double thank you for that. And we want to hear from our listeners. Please, if you get a chance, uh, tell us about your cat and you and their your relationship with your cat even if it's a good one and you don't see any real issues we'd like to hear from you anyway so please uh give us a a shout you can reach out and email molly at molly at cattalkradio.com and molly does say hold on hold on hold on the other thing i'd say is i i just got us listed on yelp in the last couple of days. So um, 
Or if you've been helped by Cat Talk Radio or Cat Behavior Solutions Consulting Services or gotten information off our blog or stuff like that, if you would go on Yelp and um, give us a review, we'd sure appreciate it. Yes. Sorry, and what, what were I, you saying? <laughs> no worries. And what I was going to say to everyone that was listening out there in the cat world is that Molly provides lots of great resources. Uh, she has a store on her website uh, at catbehaviorsolutions.org. It's under Behavior Boutique. You want to go in there and take a look at some of the fine behavior products that Molly has researched and put out there. And she does do a lot of research on products before she puts it on her website. Uh, she also provides a blog out there for everyone to kind of read uh, at their leisure to see if there's some beneficial information in there for a situation you may be having with your cat. Or it could be something that's happening with one of your relatives or friends who have a cat problem and you want to help them with their situation. Go to Molly's website at catbehaviorsolutions.org and see if you can find something on the blog. Uh, go back and listen to some of the podcasts. Also, I want to let you know that uh, on Facebook, you can find Cat Behavior Solutions. Please, if you do, like the page. Give us a like. We'd love to see that. Molly does do virtual and in-home consultations. These are a great benefit, and she's booked up all the time. So please, if you have an issue, no matter where you live or how far you're away, Molly can help you with today's technology. The virtual consultations are very good and very beneficial, and she's helped many, many people, uh, and lots of cat and human relationships have come back together because of Molly. So we would like to uh, talk about that and also encourage you to get on the schedule. Uh, additionally, she does educational seminars and she does speaking engagements. If there's something that's happening at your shelter or somewhere in your community and you think Molly would be a good benefit uh, uh, for that and help in some of that, please reach out to us also. Uh, I'd like to, to give a shout out to our very own Cat Talk Radio because it's this that I think is the better that. <laughs> It does help give give lots of advice, and uh, it does help uh, educate a lot of people. And it is the this instead of that uh, in um, in the cat world. So you can help also because all of this uh, we do as a nonprofit. However, that that doesn't necessarily pay all the bills. So we would like to see. Uh, Folks that are in having a benefit or would like to support our program, uh, please make a tax deduction donation at the catbehaviorsolutions.org site. There is a donate button on the website. We would like to encourage you to do so, and please reach out to us and let us know what's going on. So what do you think, Molly? It's time to say goodbye for this time. Yes. If I were Mr. Rogers, I'd sing you a little song, but I'm not. So <laughs> thank you for tuning in today. Yeah. And until next time, I have to make a little jingle letter. Keep calm and purr on. <laughs> Bye, everybody. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. 
In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.